It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time to turn off the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve in the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. So if you've made a movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you have people who dress up in uh, punk-style fashion like new wave instead and have a killer that's gonna come to their party why you get new year's evil Hello and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. I am your host as always, Terror, or Terrible. I don't know whichever it is. I'm actually pretty terrible in most part. Uh, but welcome to the end of 2016. Holy shit. Uh, I can't believe we've made it this far without everything completely crumbling around us. Uh, it's been a last couple of uh, really weird weeks, hasn't it? Uh, at the time of this recording, um, you know, Carrie Fisher has just passed away, and I do want to say this at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you know, for a lot of people, I understand the way that some people think, and some people are of the mind that, uh, you know, you shouldn't follow celebrities, don't do blah, 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 blah. But to some, it really does mean a lot. I mean, their performances and their characters are such integral parts of their lives, uh, and Carrie Fisher, you know, for me is no doubt where the difference is, is weird. Cause it's with my wife, you know, uh, Debbie Reynolds, who was her mother. She also passed away, uh, the day after, which is crazy. And I don't mean to get all, you know, down and out about the whole thing, but for her, that was a better, a bigger figure for her. Uh, and funny because of those stupid Halloween town movies. Uh, but not just that singing in the rain is also one of the favorites that she likes to watch. But for me, Carrie Fisher was a little bit bigger of a deal. Uh, and just because growing up, you know, uh, I don't know how many times I've seen the original trilogy of star Wars over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, it's something that's always stuck with me, and it's just a big part of childhood. I sit, and I it gets me nostalgic, and it gets me thinking of sitting down with my parents and watching the films for the first time, and not really understanding a lot of what what went on in those films until much later in life. 
but we always had them, and I think I must have worn out one of the tapes, uh, probably of Empire Strikes Back, to be honest with you, uh, but it, it stinks that both of them had to pass away so close, uh, and right at the end of the year, um, and it sucks. 2016 has been the Grim Reaper of all Grim Reapers. Uh, every horror fan probably is looking over their shoulder wondering who's going to be next. Uh, is it going to be me? Is it going to be somebody else? Uh, and, you know, uh, I for one, uh, there have been big things that have happened this year, which I'm very grateful for, and I'm gra- very grateful to everybody who's listening Right now, even as I fuck up my words and I go through my lines and I talk about this crazy movie that we're going to talk about. Not totally crazy, but crazy enough. And really, uh, I I feel like this is the perfect movie to end this year on. Uh, You know, the season for this show starts in September and ends in August-ish. Well, actually, beginning of September. So it's weird. I don't, you know, it's kind of a a new thing to do to try to find something that maybe ends the year with and it I had the perfect opportunity to release something within that time frame for 2016 so if you're listening to this in the future I, I'm sorry but this is the way that we're going uh but uh what a better movie to end this year uh than with New Year's Evil and I had a choice between two films uh this and Terror Train and Terror Train you know it has a New Year's theme as well, right? Uh, and these are the only two horror movies that I would say specifically focus on New Year's Eve. There may be one other. I know there was an article that was sent to me and I read through it uh, looking and some of those movies were a big fucking stretch. I mean, a real stretch. Like, oh, well, they they have a party in one scene. But it's not about New Year's. See, that's the thing. It happens during it. It's not about it. This is about both. It is about an event, and it is about killings on New Year's at the dot when it turns over to midnight. So that's perfect. And you can even hear it in the fucking song that we played in the intro that will get stuck in your fucking head. Believe me, it happens so much in this fucking movie. Like, it's ridiculous. Even when you don't think that they're playing it, if you pay attention just for a second, second to the background music, it is fucking playing back there and i'm just like hmm. well let's go ahead and just start with the film and then i'll say my gooey goodbyes at the end of the the episode instead of keeping you all on for longer than you need to so of course this film already starts off in the most 80s way with the heavy like synthesizer almost stolen from john carpenter type of like music that's going on in the background i actually feel like i've heard this before which is really weird Like, some other movie uses the same type of music that this film starts with. It's not the title card theme, but it's this is also played throughout, and it really feels like it belongs in an 80s slasher movie. And it's funny, because this movie was released in 1980, the year I was born. Uh, So, you know, it's... (laughs) It maybe it says something about that, uh, the fact that it was released then, uh, and I was born in that year, and so, you know, uh, <laughs> my love of crappy horror movies. So, we start off, and we get to meet Blaze, and she's getting ready for her big gala event that's gonna go on and she's talking with her manager and eventually she needs to find out where her husband is so she calls I 
I'm not sure if she's like her agent, she's her friend, whoever he is, but they need to find out whether he's going to be in for the show. Hello? Hi, Vaughn. It's Dee. Uh, I was wondering if you uh, got in touch with Richard? Yeah, Palm Springs. At the club? Right. And from the way he sounded, he had a head start on his New Year's Eve celebration. Chris. I wouldn't count on him making it in for your show tonight. Yeah, that figures. Well, look, I've got to change. I'll meet you upstairs. Yeah, okay. Thanks. And from this, we get this weird scene with her, like, friend. We'll call her a friend. Um, and she's in the bathroom getting ready, I guess, to go into, or she might be like her publicist, uh, going into the bathroom, getting ready, and she's putting makeup on. She keeps reaching over into the bathtub. And originally, it looked like she was just turning on the water, but she was trying to stop the bathtub from dripping. And I was, because originally I was kind of confused. I'm like, why would you put makeup on and then go right in the bathtub? That makes no fucking sense. But I was mistaken, okay? I can be wrong every once in a while. Uh, And it sucks because this African-American woman who is her publicist is obviously the first person that's going to die. This is the 80s, okay? This is when any black actor... Uh, who is in a horror film, who's only a bit part, is going to die first. You have seen that fucking stereotype, or, or at least explained in, like, Scream. That was a big part of it. But it was true. For a lot of these crappy 80s films, uh, these crappy 80s horror films, the, the African-American character is the first person to be offed in some way, shape, or form. So I already knew that it was going to happen. And there's some interesting tension that get, kind of gets built up here because she goes outside, she thinks she hears somebody at the door, and it turns out that somebody wearing some really weird outfit is walking away. I mean, it's like, it's jeans and one of those, like, like suit tops like that you see in the... Like, old plays. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It looks like it's got... He's a penguin in the back. Uh, it goes down really, but it has the weird hoop in the center. You know, I could draw a picture for you, but, well, you never see it. But you'd have to imagine what it looks like. It's very long in the back, but it's got, like, a, you know, a, a U in it that separates the two sides. Uh, but he's wearing that, and it looks like it's suede-ish and with jeans. So it's really weird. And that's the guy that's walking away with some flowers. And so we think, oh, okay, well, it couldn't be anything. Couldn't be, you know, what's going on there. And so she goes back inside, starts putting more makeup on, and she does the same thing with the tub. But this time, the killer strikes and kills her. Of course, he's going to kill her. And actually, it's kind of a decent jump scare, to be honest. And, uh, you know, if I'd seen it in a theater, I the way that the tension kind of builds there is pretty good, and I think that it would have probably startled me a little bit, but you also know what's kind of coming if you've seen a lot of these movies. Then we get the title card and the title theme song of the movie for New Year's Evil, which they play, like I said, they play a lot. And uh, in the meantime, we get to see some punks in a car, and it really does, I mean, to you and I, when I explain something later, uh, or if you heard the intro of the podcast, it really sounds like 80s glam metal. Like, really, like, uh, I'm not saying, like, you know, the Guns N' Roses type thing, but that could be almost a Motley Crue song. Uh, And then you go see these people, there's these punks in this car, and they are literally are dressed up like, more like punks than anything else. Maybe a splash of uh, hair metal, metal metal-ish type of thing, but for the most part, they look like they listen to punk music. 
and they're terrorizing everybody on the streets, and then we get a drive-by flashing. I mean, seriously, a van pulls up, opens the side, girl's sitting there, she lifts up her top, flashes the guys, and then drives away. Where is that in my life? Like, seriously, how can I not have this happen to me on, you know, it doesn't have to be a daily basis, but maybe a weekly basis? Wouldn't it be nice? You're going through traffic and all of a sudden a van pulls up next to you and just boom, tits, and then boom, gone. Or, you know, if you like something else, you know, boom, dick, and boom, gone. You know, whatever your fancy is, you just get flashed whatever you want, right? Whatever your mind desires. Uh, and that wouldn't that be just fantastic? Uh, just thinking about it makes me smile. So, anyway, so we go back and then the car with all the punks they pull up uh to the theater well not the theater they pull up to a hotel where there's a big concert that's being put on and that's part of what blaze here is to do she is a part of a show uh called hollywood hotline and uh she's getting ready up there and then we when we go over to her room we get to meet her son Derek, who happens to be a very weird neglected kid Ernie, you don't think she passed them out already, do you? Nah, she knows better than to do that. Come on, Diane, we're late. We've got to go. Where's Dad? Palm Springs, the club. I think I'll give him a call and wish him a happy new year. Well, he's uh, not feeling well, you know? I know. Diane! You want to come up and watch the show, honey? No, I think I'll just stay here and catch it on the tube. You're feeling all right, aren't you? Yeah, I'm fine. No headaches? I'm fine. Come on, we're late. Now, this is a very big running theme in this movie, because even when we first meet the kid, he comes in, he wants to congratulate his mom, but his mom's like, I'm too busy worrying about we're uh, what I'm gonna wear tonight, or uh, how my makeup looks, and stuff like that. And she's very neglectful to her son. Uh, and the other thing that's weird is that he got a kiss from her, and he seemed to enjoy it a little too much. Like, the kid, the guy that plays this kid, and I wouldn't even call him a kid. I would say that this guy is probably in his 30s somewhere. But it is her son, and, you know, uh, but she looks like she could be in her 30s. Like, she had this kid when she was 14 or something, and now he's all grown up and is totally in love with his mom. Or that he just really wants to impress her, but she just keeps ignoring him at every freaking turn. So she goes down to the floor and we get to learn more about the Hollywood Hotline, which is the show of the hottest new wave rock that's out there. Come live from high atop the Sunset Strip, it's Hollywood Hotline, a countdown of this year's most popular new wave rock. Your hostess for tonight's musical celebration, the First Lady of Rock, Okay, first, that doesn't really sound like New Wave Rock in the background. And if that New Year's Evil song is supposed to be New Year's Rock, what the hell? It sounds nothing like it. I mean, I don't hear any Joy Division coming out of that crowd. You know, what I'm hearing there is kind of butt rock, to be honest with you, or maybe would have been considered modern rock or alternative. I mean... You look at all the great new wave bands that are out there, and they don't really sound anything like it. And we never really get anything that sounds like it's new wave at all. 
and this is a big issue for me because just the things that happen in this film and the way they treat it, they really treat it more like punk rock and the way that they're doing stuff than they do treat it like new wave. Like I said, the outfits to them moshing in the crowd in the weakest pits I've ever fucking seen, it's just nuts. I just don't understand it. You could... You could get real new wave instead of whatever this faux new wave. Maybe I'm a little biased, uh, and maybe at the time during the 80s, there are bands that, you know, because I was growing up and didn't really listen to music then and, you know, made my decisions of music by the time I was like 12 or 13. But uh, when you have here, even when you look back at some of the modern rock or the new waves that was coming through, it didn't sound like anything that you were getting here. And the 80s was really the rise of the glam metal. And that's what I should really be hearing. And that's what I kind of see represented in the cr- crowd. Um, so out comes uh, Blaze. And she then starts talking to the cl- crowd. And we figure out what this big event is called. So, New Year's Evil is also the name of her new wave. Okay, I'm still not getting over this new wave crap, okay? Because these guys, they don't sound like... Artists that are considered new wave are like Devo, Duran Duran, Blondie in some case. Though she became a little more punk in my opinion. You know, you got New Order, Depeche Mode, Talking Heads. Nothing sounds like that. You would not dress up like a fucking punk to go see a Talking Heads show. Okay, you just wouldn't do it. You wouldn't act like these people do in the audience, and you wouldn't be like, "Oh, we're calling this New Year's Evil because it's for New Order." No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have this like metalish tinge to your shit if you were calling it New Year's Evil. Like you're misappropriating new wave music here. Okay, oh, sorry. This is oh, it's probably one of my biggest gripes with the movie. And it's not very much, honestly. It's just nitpicking. And it was more or less going, oh, what's a popular music right now that we can kind of show punk kids being it? Oh, let's pick New Wave, because nobody's ever done with it. But let's have no bands that sound like a New Wave band in there. Oh, Anyway, I think I see Bill from Bill and Ted uh, sitting in the audience. But I can't quite be sure, especially when they pan over everybody. So at this point, I had to ask myself, what is this movie about? Because when you watch the trailer, you see that the killer calls in and, you know, I'm going to go into evil, you know, that type of thing. And 
you don't really kind of get a gist of what is going to go on in the whole movie. So I'm like, is this, is the killer coming here and they're going to, you know, he's going to kill at the New Year's Eve concert and which sounds like actually not a bad idea for a slasher film. You know, that he shows up during this New Year's Eve festival, slowly starts to kill off random people there going after, you know, Blaze or something like that. But no, uh, it turns out to be much different. Uh, and you get a kind of a sense of what's going to happen based upon the first killer's uh, phone call to Blaze. Ballet's here. A crazy new year to you. Happy new year to you, Blaze. Ooh, some kind of voice you got there. Sound like the Phantom. You could call me that. So you got a name, Phantom? Call me Evil. Evil? You bad, I... No. Just Evil. Well, listen, Mr. Evil, uh... Do you have a vote for the top song of the year? No. Just a New Year's resolution. I'm going to commit murder at midnight. I'm going to kill someone you know. Someone close to you. So, of course, right off the bat, you have to laugh a little bit at the voice that is being used for this phone call. Now, there is a reason behind it, because he's using some type of device to mask the way that he talks. But the funny thing is, is that when you watch him talk, and maybe because I was watching it off of YouTube, uh, and you can find this movie for full on YouTube, by the way, uh, but the mouthing, the way that he did the mouthing did not match the way the voice came out. It wasn't like it was behind a second. It looked like he was just overdoing it. Like, I I don't know how to really explain it right over a podcast, but imagine if I was going to speak really slow. Like, I am talk. You know the best way it is? It's like when fucking Ellen talks whale and finding Dory and finding Nemo. And you watch Dory's lips move and they accentuate themselves and they slowly stretch it out and in with the letters, right? That's what this guy is doing with his mouth. I bet you Ellen... She fucking watched this movie, and that's how she decided, that's how I'm going to do the whale voice. And and the animators, they were like, man, this guy, he knows how to mouth a fake voice so well that we're going to make, and it looks like he's talking whale. So we're going to animate Dory's mouth to match his mouth. He is, you heard it here first, he is the inspiration for Dory speaking whale and finding Nemo and finding Dory. I swear to God. Like, when you watch his mouth, that's the way that it moves. It moves... And and it doesn't quite match up to the way that he's doing the, the voice. So the voice is using the Vocaloid changer, you know. So, it's funny. It It's not... It, I understand why it's done, but it just sounds really silly in the terms of this movie. And then we go from this... To her announcing, oh, this band, Shadow some shit, uh, is going to play for us. And then they start playing 
the fucking New Year's Evil song again. We just heard the song about eight minutes ago. This is about 12 minutes into the film, and the title card went at about four minutes into the film. So eight minutes have passed, and then it's not like we get just a little bit of it. We get the whole fucking song with only a little break in the between the one of the you know verses and the next verse for blaze to ask her manager hey you need to get more cops holy shit did you hear that don't let it bug you look ernie i do not want any trouble that guy was not your usual freak everything is going to be okay look i would like some police protection just in case we already got cops here well why don't you get some more cops okay okay So at least she's taking this shit seriously, right? Whenever you look at any of these types of horror films and they get the call, they're like, yeah, right. You ain't gonna do shit. What are you gonna do? You're gonna come here and get me? Nah, this shit ain't right. You know, but she's really like automatically gets freaked out and says, I need more protection. You need to get more cops here. Meanwhile, in the background, you're still having to fucking listen to that New Year's Evil song. So, you know, it's that shit's going to be driving itself into your like last brain. And I really thought that, and I know this is a tangent. I really thought that it wasn't going to stick in my head as much as it did, but it has because (laughs) they play it so goddamn much. And then uh, like, even today I, I watched this movie like three or four days ago from the point that I recorded this podcast. And it's still there. I've still been humming it. And I'm sorry, guys. You're going to hear it a couple times on this show. And it'll get stuck in your head. Go out and listen to you want. But I really... Like, it's such an earworm that you can't get away from it. But it's so goddamn awful at the same time. Uh, so at least she's thinking smart uh, with the way that she's acting. And then we get introduced... As we continue on with the song. Like I said, we get the worst mosh pit ever. With these guys looking like they're half awake, they're not really, like, they're dancing to the song, but that doesn't really match the song at the same time. Like, they just said, do this, and the extras did that, and okay, well, maybe this will be better for this song than that song, and uh, we'll just cut it together and edit it in post for some reason. And then, from here, we go over to the sanitarium. Uh, I guess for some reason the killer, Evil, was outside of the sanitarium. And he then rushes in and moves uh, silently somehow past everybody else. Well, one guy taking out the trash and finds a room that he can change in. We go into the room with all the people that are, I guess, insane. uh, And they're all watching the broadcast as well for some reason. And... In the back of my mind, I was like, are we going to watch the insane people mosh too? Because they definitely look like the other people. Like, I guess this is one of those situations where you can kind of like, they're, they're, they're kind of trying to make an analogy maybe between the dancers at the New Year's Eve show and the crazy people that are here in the sanitarium. It kind of... If, if you think that way or you believe that way, it kind of works because they're all moving the same. Uh, and they both have some type of, well, there's one little violent reaction where one of the guys, he smashes Santa. So either that or it could just be an anti-war on Christmas type of message that you've got going here. Crazy people hate fucking Santa. 
you know, maybe if I was put there because of Santa Claus or whatever. I really wonder what the backstory behind that guy is. Because he's watching his friend, and his friend is running a little Santa Claus on a bike, and it's on a table going around, 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 and around. Um, which is also a famous rat song. Uh, and then he takes his shoe, and like it's a fly or a spider or a bug or whatever you want, whatever bug you hate, he just fucking smashes the shit out of it and his friend doesn't really get upset too which is also weird so i kind of wonder what is his backstory why he hates santa so much that he has to destroy santa riding a bike that might make a better film than this one to be honest with you so our killer we'll call him evil for now uh he's gone into one of the rooms and he's changed and one of the nurses she walks away from uh, the party that's going on with the insane people and runs into our now Dr. Evil. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm Jeff Winters. I'm sorry I'm late. They sent me over from county. Temporary help, they said. <laughs> we can sure use you. We're very short-handed, what with the holiday and all. I'm afraid I don't know my way around here yet. I'll show you. Well, maybe this isn't going to be such a bad New Year's Eve after all. <laughs> now, what you're hearing here is probably one of my favorite things about this movie in general. And no, it's not the fact that the nurse is obviously like playing a whorish role because she automatically takes him somewhere more private because he shows a bottle of champagne. No, it's that evil is actually kind of a good killer. To be honest with you, like he's very suave. He knows exactly what he wants. He knows how to get the targets. He's targeting, of course, e- easy women uh, or dumb women he thinks that maybe they can do. Or, you know, stereotypical 80s slasher uh, fodder women. Uh, but he knows how to manipulate them in the way that he wants. He sees the way she is. He he gets automatically that she's attracted to him because who wouldn't be attracted to that beefcake? I mean, my God, uh, you know, that almost 80s mullet. Oh, God. And that nice smile. He looks like he belongs on some type of soap opera, to be honest with you. Uh, except for he's a little chunkier. It's weird because some scenes he seems like he's kind of fit and kind of slim and then other seams he sees really chunky and it's kind of weird maybe it's just the outfits that he puts on uh so he takes her away and like i said before i go into that uh that i think those those actions that he does and the way that he's portrayed make him actually a really good killer uh for this type of film he just has a couple short fallings that we'll talk about later so he takes this uh hello nurse and takes her to a room where they get like little pill cups to pour the champagne that he's brought and she's already uh, ready to jump his fucking bones after one pill shot of champagne uh and he actually brings out his own like sex music like he has like a boombox with him and he sits it down and he starts playing music and then i realized no that music isn't from him playing music it's from the radio station the new wave 
fucking concert New Year's party. Like, again, bull fucking shit. That music is not new wave. That music is straight up sex music. I, I, I mean, you could say basically maybe put a big bass line behind it and it would get sh- close to being fucking porno music that it's so not new wave. Oh, boy. <sighs> and then they cut back over to when they cut back over to the party to show you that it's this band playing it they people are pitting again now of course i've been in situations where you've gone to a concert and some people are just going to be dicks and they're going to pit whatever they want uh i was i saw perfect circle play when the levy breaks which is a fantastic song and they make a great cover of it and there were people fucking trying to mosh to it it makes no sense and it's the same thing here these people but it's a weak fucking pit so i guess that's what's new wave about it Uh, and at this point too i really was like these these extras are fucking awful uh then we have a conversation it cuts backstage for a second and we have a conversation between uh, a police officer who is a detective that's now assigned to blaze and her crew and how he really doesn't believe that there's anything to worry about. Or, not just that, but, you know what, I'm going to let him explain it. Diane, this is Lieutenant Clayton and Sergeant Green, LAPD. Hello. Hi, Sullivan. What can we do for you? Do for me? You can protect me, that's what you can do for me. Ernie, did you tell him about the call? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, I... yeah, he told us about it, Miss Sullivan, but... Frankly, if you'll excuse my saying so, you've got to expect that from the type of audience you appeal to. Look, people close to me were threatened. Now, if you don't take that seriously, maybe we can find somebody in your department who will. Oh, we take it seriously, but you people amaze me. Here you create a problem and then you complain about it. Oh. All right, look, if the guy calls again, try to keep him on the phone a little longer than normal. We'll try to record the call and then try to trace it. Okay. So the biggest thing I have here is that New Wave Rock inspires killers? What? You've created your own monster, basically is what he's saying. I can't believe you people. You know, it's my duty as a cop to fucking help you, but I ain't gonna fucking help you because you guys create your own... New Wave Rock does not create any fucking killers. Tell me anybody who's like, okay, maybe Psycho Killer, I can kind of understand killing heads. Maybe that gets you in the mood to, to like do that, but that's, you know... It's not really a song that you're gonna be like, oh, okay, you know, must kill John Lennon. Must kill John Lennon. You know, it's not one of those things where must go kill Blaze. It's not It's not going to cause anybody to do it. And then the second thing is, there was a threatening phone call, and it was on the air, and she talked to the person. And honestly, he said he's going to threaten these people, and you're like, whatever, you... You guys are crazy. There's not going to be anybody threatening to kill him. There's no killer out there. No, don't worry about it. We're not going to do anything about it. Oh, you fucking crazy new wave people. Oh. Yeah, what kind of police officer? Honestly, honestly. But at least she's still smart. She's still trying to find help for her. But you know what? She knows the show must go on. If they can keep him on longer the next time he calls in, then maybe uh, she can figure out what or they can figure out what the killer is actually up to and where he might actually be. 
we cut back over to the guy playing guitar for this song, and he looks like he's doing his best like Stevie Wonder, rocking his head back and forth. Then he licks the microphone, and it's fucking disgusting. Really? Really? Again, that's not very new wave. That's punk. That could be metal. It's not new wave. I'll tell you that. I will... That This is that... Really, this is the thing that bugs me the fucking most in this fucking movie. Ugh... So while she before she goes back on stage, she does worry about her son and decides to give him a call to maybe usher him to come downstairs. I've been trying to reach Dad. His his, his line's been busy. Uh, listen, honey, are you coming up soon? I'd feel a lot better if you did. Uh, in a while, I don't know. There's something you should know. Something important. Listen, honey, I have to go now. All right, I'll see you in a little while. See, this is the same shit that happens all the time with her, and she's really going to have to learn her lesson one of these days. Because the moment he tries to tell her something important, she's just like, okay, well, whatever. Fuck you. Uh, my stuff's more important than whatever you got to tell me. Don't even worry about it. Yep, don't talk to me anymore. And in fact, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, we'll just forget this altogether. So, uh, we cut back over to uh, Evil and the nurse, and they're kind of getting it on, and the clock starts counting down for New York's New Year's. So, he hits the record on his, which is weird, I, I didn't think about this at the time that I was watching the movie, but he does hit the record, and it's able to record both the radio and him stabbing the living shit out of the nurse, and just leaving her there, uh, which with those old time radios, I'm pretty sure unless you had like a microphone input and you were recording to the microphone that was recording, it would just record whatever is coming on the air versus whatever was coming out of the damn device. Uh, this then prompts to, uh, the killer calling in for a second time and explaining what he has just done to blaze. Blaze here. Happy new year to you. It's, is evil. Yeah, hi. Hiya. This is evil. Remember me. Yeah, I was wondering if you were uh, going to call back. Uh, listen, about that uh, New Year's resolution uh, you told me you were going to make. I mean, you were just driving me, weren't you? No way. I just made my first kill. Right on schedule. Midnight Eastern Standard Time. Listen to the replay. from me in an hour. Tell the police they can find her body somewhere in the Crawford Sanitarium. Have fun. So the entire time that he's playing his conversation, he really looks like he's getting off on the fact that he's playing uh, the death of the poor horde nurse uh, that he recently just killed. And he kind of goes off and then we get one of the weirder scenes in the movie and it's kind of like a red herring because things keep popping up with this kid 
Uh, and you really see how weird her son is. There's something definitely off in her head. Because he starts having a monologue with the mirror. And really, I would play it, but I just don't think... It's weird for weird's sake. Like, he's tearing up one of her stockings. He somehow got a, slitch, a switchblade knife. Uh, and he cuts into him, and then he pulls it over his head while basically kind of like, don't you see me, mommy? Like, type of thing. Like, I'm invisible to you, mommy. Don't you see me, mommy? Like, it's that type of talk. And it's just weird for weird's sake. Um, it makes a little more sense later, but right now I was just kind of like, what the fuck is going on? This this has no purpose in this film. He also tries to pierce himself, too, with, uh, I guess, an earring through the stocking, but it more or less sits on the outside. I don't know. Like, Part of me is like, are you like in love with your mom? Is your mom supposed to be really hot? Because she's kind of not hot. Uh, and are you, do you have something like, like Oedipal complex that's going on here? And, or is there something bigger going on that we don't, were you in the asylum? I don't know. Did you actually kill the girl on the first floor? Well, no, not really. We know that he walked away, so that couldn't be it. Why, why are they trying to explain this at this point in the film? And it's something that we'll have to talk about a little later on. We cut back over to Evil after this, and he's using glue to apply a porn stash to his face, and he's about to go try to find his next victim in a bar that's also celebrating New Year's. We cut back over to the detective, and now he finally believes that the killer is real. Now, when this guy says murder at midnight, he means midnight in each of the time zones all across the country. Wait a minute. You're trying to tell us that he's going to do this three more times until we catch him you're our only contact with him you got to keep the show on the road humor him if he calls again maybe he'll slip up yeah okay just give me a couple of minutes to pull myself together all right we'll stay on top of it and when the son of a bitch does make a mistake we'll grab him See, now that almost sounds like Van Halen in the background over there. I swear that was David Lee Roth getting his little, ah, you know, type of thing. Sorry for blowing your ears out there there for that moment. Um, So, yeah, he believes that this killer exists because they actually found the body over there. And now he's explaining to her, you know, what exactly they they need to do. And he's realizing what his M.O. is, is killing at midnight. So we cut back over to Evil, and he's now in the bar, and he is really super suave uh, in the way that he talks and trying to pick up the next chick that he wants to kill. He knows exactly how to say things he knows to say. He, he obviously has money uh, because he talks about his Mercedes, and he talks about working with different movie stars and stuff like that. So, and he knows names and he knows places. So, either he's done his research really well or he actually has a lot of money and that's one of the ways he's able to kill. It makes for a very interesting character that this guy's kind of just doing it for fun uh, and for the love of the kill, especially when you look in his eyes. And also the fact that he kind of needs, he's very OCD about this because he has to kill on schedule. He also picks the most annoying girl in the fucking bar who's from out of state with visiting with her friend uh and god i honestly hope she would die really really soon it we go back over we keep going back to the party and now we've got a new band called uh i think this one is either spider 
or there's another band later called Made in Japan. I think this is Made in Japan. And I actually had to look it up to see if this was a real band. And there actually was a real band uh, that was active until 2014. But they're actually from Australia. I couldn't find any other band with the name Made in Japan other than these guys. So this is just a made-up band for this movie. And it makes me wonder if that band actually found out about this band from this movie or they just decided to use the name made in japan because hey there's an asian guy in our band and maybe he was born in japan i don't know but they definitely sound a lot more new wave than anybody in this movie and uh i actually ended up taking a break when i was looking and actually listened to a couple songs uh and they're pretty good i would definitely check them out but uh we i would digress and we got to get back to this movie So he does convince the girl to go along with him, and he waits for her outside while she says she's going to go take a potty break. When she comes back, she's brought her friend Lisa with her, and that leaves him, at the moment, kill-blocked. Hi! (laughs) I'm ready. I have to bring my roommate Lisa along. You do? Sure, you wouldn't want me to go out by myself with a total stranger, would you? Couldn't agree with you more. Can't be too careful these days. Lisa, I will be very happy indeed to have you come along. The way I look at it now, the more the merrier. I'm parked right over here, the Mercedes. Hmm. Hmm. So he drives with him on the way, and he tries to figure out a way to get her alone so that he can kill her. She's super annoying, talking about some TNA or TA type of fucking relaxation thing i don't know what the fuck it was all i know is that she said at one point haikus instead of haikus and it seemed to really kind of piss him off and he was also getting pissed off because they needed to be there by a certain time and he needed to kill her by midnight to be able to record it and be able to play it back for blaze so eventually he gets the bright idea of, of saying hey there's a liquor store here might as well send the friend to go in there and get a nice bottle of champagne he gave her a hundred dollars for champagne that's great And uh, then, so she goes off, and at that point, he uh, basically convinces the poor girl that he wanted to kill in the first place to sniff, I guess it looked like he had pot, Um, or the grass, as the kids might say nowadays, Uh, but he basically has her stick her head in the bag, and then, of course, you know what happens next. (laughs) Hey, uh... You want to smoke a number? Seven. I got some great Five, stuff here. Four, Columbia. Three, here. Two, Smell. One. So she's basically uh, suffocated to death in a bag full of either tobacco or weed. I can't tell which which, but it looks green. Of course, it could also just be lawn shavings for all I know. And uh, we cut back in the liquor store for a second, and then her friend is paying for everything. And she gets, like, a diet soda and the bottle of champagne, and the liquor store owner says, five bucks. What a fucking bitch! Like, honestly, he gave you a hundred bucks to go in there and buy a nice bottle of fucking champagne, and all you did was spend five bucks on whatever the fuck you got plus the champagne? That's probably that Corbell's shit. It's only, like, two ninety nine at fucking, you know, your local grocery store right now. And five bucks? Really? Really? At, and this is 1980, so maybe five bucks it might have been a little bit better bottle of fucking champagne. But really, you could have gotten a really nice one for about 30 bucks. You could have spent... He gave you a $100 bill, and you, you fucking can't even spend right? Oh, 
What the hell, man? Like, just buy a nice bottle of champagne and be done with it. So she comes back and she sees that the car is gone. Lisa does. And she notices that in the distance, in the garbage can, she thinks that she sees part of her friend's dress. Which it is. Uh, and she gets uh, she gets over there and she opens up the trash only to reveal that the killer, Evil, is inside there and had tricked her. And he ends up killing her too. And we it's a nice kind of transition from the end of him killing her to him announcing his next victim directly to Blaze. You know, you're one sex son of a bitch, mister. You need help or you need a crack and stop it. Shut up, bitch. You just tell the cops that I took out the trash from my last party. Ventura and Laurel Canyon. It was a real swinger. Okay, so I should also mention that each time that he kills in some way, shape, or form, he does say some type of pun uh, in the way that they died. Because when the cops come up and they find him, they're on like a swing set. Okay? It's kind of worth mentioning, not totally worth mentioning when you, you're watching the film. Uh, so he... The, but before the cops actually do find the bodies, though, they drive by, and they're really fast. And for L.A. cops, this is really ridiculous, because he just got off the phone with Blaze, and the cops are already showing up. And he's out there by his car, and he's changing in the open. Like, he's literally putting on new clothes. And if I was the cops, and I was passing by, and this is a murder scene area, and you see this guy without a shirt, but wouldn't you stop and be like, hey... What the fuck are you doing? Why aren't you wearing a shirt? Why are you changing your clothes? Something has to be up. And instead, these guys are like, nope. Right by him. Just fucking go on. Oh, boy. And when we get this to, there is a little bit of tension in terms of them finding the bodies. It's pretty good. You just get a flashlight view, and it's a very, very small view of light. There is a cat jump scare that, again... I think the jump scares are pretty good in this film, all things considered. Uh, like I said, in a theater, I think I would have been scared a little more than I am watching this film, uh, especially on a regular TV. Uh, and then the reveal of the second victim is actually pretty neat because they they see the first victim, which is the annoying girl, and then when they get to the, over to the other one, they, they scroll over, uh, and then right when they get to the edge of the slide, the second body comes down the slide. Like it's perfectly timed. Like they hit a tripwire somewhere and here you go. Here's the dead body. So I'm very like impressed at the way the scene was done uh, for this film. Like I said, there's some really good things in this film. Uh, and, and again, we'll talk about them in a bit. I say that all the time too, don't I? Fuck. Uh, now we found out that uh, the... <laughs> that evil has dressed up uh like kind of looks like john lennon or elton john i couldn't make the the choice i think a little more elton john than anything else but actually he's dressed up like a priest and he gets harassed by some bikers going around uh and then he drives on and he's listening to the radio and they're talking about a killer in noho uh which if you don't realize it's north hollywood uh, and I forgot to say this takes up place all in LA if you didn't recognize the Ventura Boulevard thing. Uh, and so while he's listening to, he doesn't 
quite pay attention, he runs into one of the bikers. And when he runs into the biker, uh, you know, they all start to jump him and then he will start to come after him. And then he punches it like a pussy and drives away in his Mercedes. Uh, and he ends up parking inside of a drive-in movie theater. And he's trying to hide there and he's waiting for... But eventually the the bikers end up catching up with him. Uh, he also we also get this scene where this guy has to get his grope on. Uh, it's just really weird. And he asks, you know, I think it's time for us to basically it's time for us to fuck because you know what driving movie theaters used to be all about. That's where you went to go fucking make out with something or go fuck somebody. Uh, when you were a teenager, you just get the fucking car, you know, drive on out there, get your girl, sit in the back seat, do whatever's back there, get pulled over by the cops. Uh, then get called into, you know, your parents called into the police station and then, you know, you end up with statutory rape charge. I mean, everybody did that as a kid, right? Right? Oh, well, uh, anyway. So, there's this weird groping scene. He says it's about time. She says, no, maybe after the next movie. And then we cut back to the bikers and the bikers are, you know, finally found out where he is. Uh, He pretends to be a man of God, especially when one of the biker finds him and he's like, you know, oh, now I'm going to get you. Like, I wouldn't hurt you, my son. And then he stabs the living shit out of the fucking biker. Man, you got fucked up by that priest. And then he goes to the car where the kids are that were making out. Well, and he was groping. And she was also smoking pot, by the way. Uh, and not that that really has a big meaning to the part of the movie, but I thought I would just say. Uh, and so he throws him out of the car and steals the car with her in it. And as she's driving away... or with him she makes one plea uh that she won't fuss uh if he just lets her go listen mister if it's money you want i don't have any just three three dollars in this garment ring i don't want your money want to say something really quick about the drive-in movie theaters at least in the 80s maybe not in the beginning of it, or maybe not in certain areas i don't really know but most of them at that time would have the little boxes if you've ever been to a drive-in movie theater nowadays it's a little different it's actually kind of nicer because they use a radio frequency and you just turn your car's radio to that channel and then it broadcasts the movie's audio to your car back in you know, when I was a kid, you had these little metal boxes and they sounded like shit. And you put them on the side of your windshield and then the sound, that's how the sound would come into the car. But here, this is a magical fucking drive-in and they just have the sound fucking blazing out there. So you'd have to roll down your windows to be even li- able to listen to it. And it's fucking crystal clear as day, by the way. So either this is a special drive-in or, you know, they just fucked up the timeline here. We also had a really weird transition when he was running away. He actually bounded out uh, with their car, and he destroyed a 
one of the bikers' motorcycles, uh, and it's a weird transition for them to to the music that's playing. They go back and to sing drums, kind of being hit at the same time. I just thought that was really odd to see at that point in the film, uh, or at least odd to put into the movie in general. So he's driving along, and uh, he gets stopped because he almost hits these two drunk partygoers. And she gets out of the car at that point and starts running away. And she doesn't run away very fast, but he doesn't chase her very fast either. Like, I, I bet if he really started running, she would be able to be, you know, caught relatively quickly. But instead, he's taking a sweet-ass fucking time. The police somehow show up shortly after, I think because the biker got stabbed and somebody called the police when he ran away. They don't really show that, which is weird. But the police show up and talk to the two drunks that the guy almost, the evil almost hit. And even the cops, like, they take forever to start moving. Like, the moment the guy says, this guy almost hit us, he's chasing a girl, he ran that way. They're just like, which way? Which way do you go? That way. He, he's, he's literally chasing after a girl with a switchblade knife, and he almost hit us. You, you need to go. And you said he had a knife? Yes, what the fuck? Why aren't you fucking... Now, don't get that type of attitude. No, this girl could fucking... Now, listen, we need to make sure we're going to go the right way. Uh, okay, you said that way, right? Okay, let's go. Like, they should have just ran right after him. And they don't run with any type of fucking emergency. Uh, and you get a really... Actually, again, a pretty good tension scene. I wouldn't say a really good, but a pretty good tension scene when he's trying to find her. And he's slowly tapping his knife. And it's like some school's, like, you know, baseball, football field, soccer field, something like that. And he's tapping on things and kind of getting this weird, like, um, you know... Actually, when I think about it, I think about Roger Rabbit uh, when they were doing shave and a haircut. Basically, that's kind of what he's doing with the knife, and he's just tapping, and eventually he figures out where she's going to be, and he kicks a can of trash at her, but right before he's going to go after her, the cops show up and totally interrupt his killing spree, and it's pretty well done, but he does manage to get away pretty quickly. At this point in the film, we cut back over to the party that's going on, and the detective has an announcement to make to the audience. This thing on? Your attention, please. Ah, shut up. Enough already. While the show's on a commercial break, I'd like to make an announcement. I'm Lieutenant Ed Clayton of the Los Angeles Police Department. If any guest here... All right, all right, all right, all right. If any guest here has to leave this this room for any reason... He or she will not be admitted back in. We don't want to hear any shit from a... All access to this floor has been sealed off until further notice. Yeah, fuck the police. I mean, he's only trying to make sure that everything's okay, but he's also trying not to say, like, what's actually going on, which I guess I understand, you know, the sentiment they come out, oh, now we can't leave because Copper says so. But at the same time, they don't really know what's going on. Uh, and he goes backstage and he confronts Blaze again. And he says that, you know, she doesn't like the fact that he's made this announcement. And he says, hey, it's not my idea. It's this psychiatrist here who's going to explain what he knows about this killer. We definitely have to consider and prepare 
for the one possibility that he'll be right here at midnight pacific standard time why because he has a compulsion to kill on the hour it's a sequential drama with miss sullivan as the link and it's building step by step to a grand climax with his ultimate victim you killing a named personality at the stroke of midnight new year's eve would satisfy his egotistical desire for attention make him bigger than the son of sam or the zodiac killer all those psychopaths who have a need to be big in the media gonna tell me that he would try to kill me just for that not necessarily he's mutilated the breasts of most of his women that's a common characteristic of a psychopathic killer who has a mother fixation whatever we're gonna stop this crazy son of a bitch before he gets within 12 floors of you okay first this guy could never be bigger than the zodiac or son of sam killer just because he killed what so far four people uh, on New Year's Eve doesn't make him this big giant killer guy. It doesn't make him the Zodiac who put all these crazy things to, into the newspaper talking about the different things and people worried that they were going to be killed on the side of the road and don't even know where the fuck he is anymore. No, he's exactly the same way. Just because he kills on time at the different midnights, is he going to keep doing it? I mean, did he start earlier in the day? Like, did he start with, like, Japan's midnight, right? Did he go from there and then he went back, or maybe start from Australia, then went backwards, you know, and he decided that he really liked killing, so by the time it hit Ireland's midnight, he was like, Oh man, I gotta make sure I pull this all the way through. So he kept going and going and going. And then, you know, at New York, he decided, oh, I need to have a theme. Let's go after this girl. No, he's just doing this to fuck with fucking Blaze. That's it. That's the whole motivation. And he's probably gonna end at the end of it. Don't don't try to make him bigger than he actually is or make him more fearful. I just, it irks me when films kind of do this you know oh he's gonna be bigger than this if it's a supernatural type of thing i get it you can say that but this isn't this is just a guy going out and killing uh because he has some type of grudge with this female lead <clears throat> there's a couple other things too uh he also says that which i don't get that you want to sleep with your mom if you mutilate the breasts of the people that you kill so, if I like fucking up breasts with a knife, that means I want to sleep with my mother? I mean, maybe he was just trying to see if they were real or fake. I mean, he just, he, this is LA, right? He's like, fuck, I can't tell. I'm squishing on it. I don't know. Uh man, well, I've, I need to kill her anyway, so I might as well fucking destroy the boobs and get, maybe stab at her heart because it's at the same fucking spot or at least around the same fucking spot. And then I can figure out, does she have implants or those other real then if they're real great good on her if they're fake she deserved to fucking die uh, <laughs> uh i don't support killing people because they have fake boobs <clears throat> so evil comes up upon the hotel finally and there's a good one of the punk guys he's trying to get in he has his ticket the cop won't let him in so uh in a thing that boggles my mind he decides i'm gonna go around to the back and i was really hoping that that wouldn't just work like super easily and luckily it didn't uh he all he had to do was get pack, past one cop by shouting hey there's a drunk over here and the cop went and got saw and got knocked out 
dumbest cop ever. He also had the worst comb over I've ever seen on a fucking police officer. Ridiculous. So, uh, Evil changes into the cop clothes and goes inside the hotel. He goes to this one little, like, control panel and sets his stuff there, and then changes out of his clothes into a white jumpsuit. And for the moment, at least at the time, I thought, why wouldn't you leave the police officer's uniform on longer? Like... Well, maybe they'll find the cop. Okay, so they'll find the cop that you knocked out, and then they're going to be like, what's the one cop we don't recognize out of this whole place? And then they'll point you up. But maybe you can get your shit done in that time, because they won't realize that, hey, this guy is actually somebody that needed to be stopped, uh, and they won't stop you in time. You know, he's a fake cop. But at the other point of the spectrum, uh, I, I kind of get it maybe why he would want to change if that's... If that's the way that things were, he thinks maybe he'd be found faster or now he can kind of blend in if he changed it to this really ridiculous white tracksuit. I I just didn't get it, but I understood it after uh, the you know next couple scenes that came up. So now Blaze, she has to go upstairs and she has to change for the big finale. Because we've already done every other midnight that there is out there and we do know that Evil missed one of the kills of his midnight uh, killings. So... She takes the cop up with her, and the cop, as he's in the room, accidentally pulls a gun on her son. Freeze, police officer. Don't shoot. God, don't shoot. That's my son. Derek, I'm sorry. I forgot you were here. Haven't you always? Baby, I'm so sorry. I was just busy. I, was... I had a surprise for you, and right now, I don't want any part of it. Honestly, he really shouldn't be this big of a bitch. I mean, ugh. I'm sorry, I forgot about don't you always. I mean, yeah, it's kind of fucked up if she's a neglectful mom, but at the same time, she sounds like she's the one that's got this whole event going on tonight. Maybe she hasn't been bad all the time. Maybe it was just for tonight. She's very, very in demand, and she's tried to get him to come downstairs, but at the same time, yeah, she has kind of been a bitch the whole night to him, you know? ignoring him at every single step of the night. You know, the wall just automatically goes up when he starts talking about something important that he wants to talk with her about. Derek then runs away, and the cop ends up asking her if he wants to go out, and she's like, no, don't worry about it. Just leave the room for a bit, because I'm going to get changed for the big thing. And while she's getting changed, who pops out of the middle of nowhere but evil? And it was before this moment, honestly... That I said, you know what? I bet you the killer's her husband. And lo and behold, the killer's her fucking husband. He's wearing some, like, Nixon-type mask. And he, like, kind of scares her, but then doesn't. And they have a little bit of a conversation. She does care for her son because she does say that Derek is quite upset. Yvonne is missing. Police been looking everywhere for her. This loony has already killed three people, and now they think that he's after me. Oh, my God. Well, I'll, I'll stay right with you if you want. No, I'll be right. I'll be right. I, I really wish you'd find Derek and, and talk to him. He's very upset. So this led me to believe, is he going to kill both her and her son? Or is he just going to kill her? What is his reasoning for kill her, killing her? You know, I really hope that maybe he was doing all this and he kind of joked with her so that he could get away with it. And then when he he's using her as an alibi and the person that he, she's going to figure out who was killed close to her was already killed in the beginning of the movie. But we do learn more things as the film goes on. 
We cut back to the detective and he's getting a phone call from the people that were on the scene that were inspecting the stuff that happened in the drive-in. And then we're basically told that, yes, the husband did do it. Right? What? 180J406, registered to Richard Sullivan. Okay. Richard Sullivan, is he any relation to Diane? He's her, her husband. What, what? Well, they found his Mercedes abandoned at a drive-in. The driver knifed a biker there and escaped in a stolen car with a girl hostage. Now, you don't think that he had yeah. to... Just a second, Lewis. They also checked the files at the sanitarium. Richard Sullivan was once a patient there. Lieutenant, Green said the husband was down in the lady's suite. How'd he get in? He said the manager okayed it. Like hell I did. I, I always knew that bastard was crazy. Come on. So we go back in the hotel room and the husband says, no, I'll meet you downstairs, uh, you know, after you go to do your, you know, you do your New Year's thing. And so she goes with the cop uh, into the elevator. And what he's actually hooked up is he's hooked up this whole thing uh, so that he can control the elevator, how fast it moves up and down. So when they get in it, he basically causes it to go and uh, drop. And this knocks out the cop but doesn't knock her out so he's able to drag the cop out of the the car and now it's you know it's robert not necessarily evil uh and then he comes up to his wife and he reveals that he in fact is evil you're really something aren't you you're a real trooper show must go on huh well tonight the show's gonna go on without you. I have a surprise for you. Here. Listen to this. Five, four, three, two, one! <laughs> Instant replay. Miracle of modern technology. Miracle of modern technology. The fact that you're able to record onto a piece of tape. Uh, yes, because it is a cassette player, right? I mean, it's a little mini boombox. It's not a huge boombox. It's not like he's going to go down the street and he's going to be, you know, blasting fuck the police or something, you know, or some easy E or he's going to get, uh, hopefully, well, maybe he'll do some rapper's delight because I think that seems more of his speed. So he reveals her directly and she's very, very kind of shocked Uh, At the same time that he's very nonchalant about it. And he finally, and we get to learn his reasoning for doing everything that he did this night. That's right. I'm evil. Why? Why would you? Because. I'm fed up. You are just like every other lady in my life. Derek told me about the way you behave around other men. Derek also told me about the way you try to turn on your own son, and that is not nice. Ladies are not very nice people. They are manipulative and deceitful, and immoral, and very, very selfish. See, that's why Yvonne was first. 
killed Ivan. Yes. Because you and she have been shortchanging me for years. I have had to beg her through you for every cent I ever got. My allowance. Oh, yes, it is. See, you... You castrated me. And that is not nice. Okay, so this is what probably pissed me most off about this movie. Everything was going great, okay? Uh, it had some, you know, it's a little slow in parts, uh, but you had a good killer. You had a great guy that was suave. He was doing what he needed to do to kill things. And then it turns out, okay, I get it. There's a twist. It's her husband. Great. No problem. I can deal with that twist. But the reason that he's fucking doing it is because he's a fucking pussy. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is a total, like, just a woman-hating man that he thinks that he's been castrated because she makes, basically sounds like she makes most of the money and she gives him an allowance so he doesn't have to work. Fucking A, make me a made fucking man. I will do this any fucking day. This house will be the cleanest motherfucking house that you would ever fucking seen. Dinner would be on the table every fucking night. I would make sure this stuff, because you know what I'm doing during the day? I'm fucking podcasting and I'm fucking playing video games. That's what I would fucking do if I was a made fucking man. And I can drive around in a nice fucking car. She makes enough money for me to have a fucking, you know, at this time, a Mercedes you know, today, what would it be, like a Tesla or some other type of high-end, bo- a Maserati, some bullshit like that? Honestly, this is the stupidest fucking thing about the movie. You know, you treated me bad. In your eyes, he's got this delusion about that all women are fucking evil and they've all wronged him in some way. And I get that it's part of, like, the psychosis or whatever and maybe the reason why he was in the sanitarium, but it's just bullshit i it's just just the whole crybaby man the fuck up type of moment you know just fucking deal with it again i maybe this is for the time in 1980 you know there still wasn't there's still a little bit of that stigma you know uh since you're not making the money and you have to do whatever that you're less of a man and maybe it just finally got to him but Honest, and then he's bringing his son into the whole fucking situation too. Oh, I've heard how you've done this with that son. And he explains to her that, you know, the son's been trying to tell her that he got this part on this TV show and he got the lead role and he didn't have to use her name or anything like that. But the guy wouldn't listen to him. I get it. Neglectful mommy. You have mommy issues with this. But daddy's not fucking helping because daddy's got his own fucking issues that he's reflecting onto the fucking child. You know, you're you're raising this kid to be this fucking idiot like you are that's probably going to end up going on a killing spree for the same fucking... Re- Mama didn't love me enough when I was a kid. Wah, wah, wah. I'm not saying that people with, you know, uh, say separation issues or anything like that, you know, the, the, you don't need to get help. I'm not saying you don't need help. If it's bad and you want to talk with somebody, talk with somebody. But the way that they portrayed in this film, it's just like, it feels like a fucking cop-out. It could have been so much better. The reasoning could have been so much better. You know, maybe he he was married to her ex-husband or some shit like that. And, uh, you know, 
he's going to get revenge. I don't fucking know. There could be other better things than than this reveal in this movie. And, you know, the funniest thing about everything that he said was that he was going to take his son to the Rose Bowl game the next day. How the fuck are you going to take him to a football game after you've killed a ton of people and you still need to escape from the cops? Ugh, you did not think this through, do you? Bad killer. Bad. Bad. Everything that was cool with you and great about you has just gone in the fucking toilet. And that sucks. Even the cops at this point, with every clue that they have, it all points directly to him. So maybe if he hadn't announced himself to anybody, or he had just stayed in the room by himself, or just stayed out of the fucking public's eye, or even his wife's eye, he might have actually gotten away with it. But then we wouldn't have the awesome reveal now, would we? So he ends up tying her up to the elevator, and he ties her to the bottom, and then he gets probably the pun out that I enjoyed the most in the film. You need some time to think about this. All the way up, and all the way down. Enjoy your going away party. Get smashed. (laughs) So get it? He's tying her to the underneath the elevator. He's going to rise her up, and then he's going to smash her with it on the way down. But it's also kind of funny, too, because he wraps a chain link, uh, like a, well, chain link chain around her. And it looks like he's wrapping around her neck, but he ends up wrapping it somewhere else, which to me doesn't make any sense because she's hanging mostly by the cuffs. So I thought he was going to choke her, but he wasn't. He ends up not. So as he starts to get the elevator going, uh, the cops show up and there is a gunfight between them and him. They manage to accidentally save poor Blaze because they end up disabling the whole elevator system altogether. And uh, dead man, you know, evil, runs upstairs and runs to the roof. The cops chase him up the roof. He manages to kill one of the cops, but he can't escape them and they have a standoff on the top. So he's sitting at the edge. He Before the cops show up, he puts on the mask and they tell him to stop and he gives one last speech before jumping to his death. Die to sleep no more. And by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Don't even consider it, you scum. So he does consider it and he does jump over the edge and kill himself. And there's really not a whole lot of blood splatter on the ground. And he really, when they show more of a close-up, he doesn't look that mangled for jumping that high. It's like 20 stories up or some shit. And it's just kind of weird because the sun does show up and he pulls off. And and I forgot to mention this in multiple scenes. The sun is still wearing like the stocking and like sunglasses on him the like the entire time in different things and no cop ever fucking notices and thinks that this is weird and says it to anybody like they don't see him in the corner standing there with the fucking stocking cap on and like oh okay you know uh that kid looks weird so he's down there again with his dad and he grabs the mask from the dead body they allow him to take the mask for some reason uh and it's just absolutely ridiculous and it makes you think is the son now is he going to be the killer um you know there's and it's actually kind of amazing though because the son the guy that plays the son of him looks very similar to him to be honest with you uh it's a weird match that works but the son is definitely a worse actor than the father and uh he puts on the mask 
and we see him outside of the ambulance. Again, nobody says anything. Here's this guy wearing his dead father's mask, and we're just going to, okay, just let him stand there. Worst fucking cops, worst fucking people in the world. And there's tons of people standing outside staring at the ambulance. Like, you can see him in the background. So wouldn't they say anything? Especially when it turns in, they wheeled poor Blaze into the ambulance, and we got the one EMT there working on it. said, let's go. And then, of course... The driver turns around, it's the son wearing the mask, and you see the other guy, he's dead in the bottom of the floor, and we get one last New Year's shout-out from Honolulu, and then the movie finishes. This is KGMB Honolulu. The old year is quickly fading to a memory, and the new one we hope will bring peace and prosperity for all. Aloha! It's midnight. Happy New Year from Hawaii. that my friends was new year's evil i'm sorry you had to listen to that song again one last time but that's the ending theme of the fucking movie too so what can i say about this film the good parts of it is the really the killer and the actor that plays the killer he's very good and all the way up until the last act where we have the big reveal he's a great villain for this type of film and for you know i really wish he had another reason for actually going out and killing these people other than i despise women i'm projecting them onto you i'm killing them and you treated me horribly at least i think so in my head because you're giving me an allowance uh or for whatever, and then, oh, that you flirt with guys, too. Uh, he says what you do with other men. Uh, the way you talk to other men is what he says. So it's it's just kind of like, a, it's just a little too much there. Uh, the pacing is, it feels slow. For an hour and 26 minutes about, it feels like it's a lot longer than it actually is. Uh, and the music is not very good, and the whole new wave thing, even though I, I kind of, it's more tongue-in-cheek, it does bother me a little bit, uh, but, you know, it's not a big thing, it's just the music is just kind of generic, you know, more rockish than anything else. I mean, at one point, they're even playing the blues, and they're, again, it's supposed to be this new wave thing, and they're fucking, like, moshing to it like it's a metal show. See, I just can't get off of it. Um... <clears throat> The other actors, though, like the the kid, he has the one creepy scene. He kind of looks like the dad, which is kind of cool. But in general, it he just doesn't work. It's not very good. I mean, overall, if I have to go through the ratings for this film, it's a one out of five in the gore because we really only get stabbings. You don't really see it. You just see the kind of the knife up in the air, and then it comes down, and then it comes back up with blood, and it's whatever it is. You know, you don't really get to see anything major except for really the 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 scene where she's being suffocated. But there's no blood there. Uh, Crap Factor, it's a 3 out of 5. Uh, the 
acting from the female actresses uh, entirely in this movie is just horrible. The other actors, they're okay. The detective's not too bad. He's bad in a couple spots, but in general, uh, like I said, the your killer evil steals the show. Uh, and fun fact, just a three out of five because I like watching those scenes. I like watching how he picks out the people. I like how he acts so suave and debonair and you can really tell he's kind of high class and that's the way that it's going to go. And, uh, you know, but again, I don't like the ending of the film. I don't like the big reveal. It could still be his husband. Don't get or her husband, her husband. Sorry. Uh, but don't get me wrong about that. Uh, it's just that the, his reasoning for killing is still, I just don't like it. And I think it's dumb in general. So overall, I give this film three out of five women hating killers. Uh, like I said, it's, do I recommend it? I think everybody should see it once. I think it's worth the watch. Uh, it has some silly things from the, you know, the bad acting to the weird V vocaloid thing, uh, that you, you have to listen to when he does it, but it doesn't quite match up. Uh, but there are reasons behind some of the things they do. And there are some scenes that are just kind of funny just because they're badly acted, like the scene in the car. I know, her giving herself up and about to be killed is not funny, but the way that they do it. And even before the stupid scene with her and her boyfriend or whatever in the car, that doesn't need to be in there. The other thing that doesn't need to happen are the long segments of music that obviously are just filler times to get the time running up. I don't need to hear New Year's Evil in its entirety after I almost heard it in its entirety, you know, about eight minutes before they play it again. So... It's it's up to you. I I would definitely recommend it. Um, and it's definitely a more lighthearted New Year's Eve based uh horror film. And I it's more I guess you maybe call it more a little bit her suspense film uh, than anything else. So for the next episode, uh, for the beginning of the new year, um, we are going to look at a suggestion, uh, that came from Twitter user Badgerman Badger. Uh, is, that's at Badgerman Badger. He suggested the next film, which uh, stars a little-known actor named Sir Patrick Stewart. Listen to the trailer. From the director of Poltergeist and the writer of Alien comes a terrifying new film. I'm getting a very small radar cross-section. 150 miles long. EGR's confirmed. Tell them we have an artificial object out here. In the tale of Haley's Comet, there's something wrong something ancient something evil jesus houston we have a problem something's happening to me something hungry that's brought to earth she's destroyed worlds that girl was no girl she was totally alien to this planet and our life form Totally dangerous. I just found a body in Hyde Park. Life Force. Close your eyes. I visited you how? In my mind. It's already spreading. You didn't stop it. It's too late.
life force. The terror has just begun. That's right, we'll be looking at Life Force, not the video game, but the movie about space vampires, if you didn't know already. Uh, so, I thank you guys very much, like I do at the end of every episode, uh, for listening to the podcast, sharing, downloading, uh, and telling people about it. Uh, I'm very thankful for that this year. You guys have, uh, the listeners have increased quite a bit. And I totally appreciate that. Uh, you do not know what it means to me to have you guys uh, enjoy what I do in this stupid little podcast that I do. So um, to everybody out there, I wish you a very happy new year uh, and look forward to bigger and better things next year uh, and getting a fresh start. So uh, be careful, be safe out there, uh, and we will see you again in the new year with the film Life Force. And as always, don't forget, you can follow the podcast on Twitter. Uh, that's at T underscore T underscore podcast. You can send in movie suggestions to terribleterrorpodcast at gmail.com and, uh, or anything else. If you also want to do a shout out or something, uh, you can send me an audio file and I'll put it as a part of the podcast. I'm willing to do anything out there. Uh, you can always check out the Facebook page. I'd really like it if more people would go on to the Facebook page if you're listening to this. Uh, it's facebook.com slash terriblederrorpodcast. There are things that I've put up there a couple different times that maybe don't pop up, and I know I'm a little lax on it, and I need to get uh, more people to it. So I'll try to do more special things, and I might be trying to do something for the new year. Uh, and as well, um, you know, like I said, thank you again. Uh, have a happy new year and we'll see you back soon. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.